0: Thank you, Billy. I knew Billy before he had hair. <laughs> he uh, went with me on a couple of trips. We, I go from church to church, and he went a couple of times with me. And uh, uh, I usually was a speaker, but I'd say, "Why don't you do it tonight?" And so he did. And then the, the elders came out and said, "We don't want you back. We'll have Billy from now on." So I didn't take him anymore on those trips. Glad to be here. Bring you greetings from Fulton University from our president who is now a sophomore, Mike Williams. Uh, Another year and he'll be able to graduate. He says, I feel like I'm a sophomore too, but he's doing a super good job. If you haven't been down the campus lately, you need to go by and check things out. You'll be surprised. It looks good. Also bring you greetings from Scott Glees, who is a dean of our Bible college and a lot of good things are going on there. And if you haven't heard about all the good things, then maybe we can talk about them sometime. I'm not going to do a commercial about the benefit dinner. I'm not going to mention the benefit dinner. That's October the 5th. I will not mention that tonight. Tony Blair is a speaker, and I'll not talk about him at all. But uh, if you have any interest in that, you can talk to me about that after our class. So I was getting ready to come tonight, and uh, I was looking for my shoes. And I looked on the bed, and there was this box. Bigger than a shoebox, but a little bit, just a little bit larger than a shoe box. And uh, I pulled that out, and the wife was at the bathroom door seeing what I was doing. She says, put that back, that's my box, do not open it. I said, What is this what is this box doing on the bed? She says, That's mine, do not open it. So I opened it. And there were three raw eggs in this box. Three. And looked like about $1,000 and $1 bills. And I said, what is this? She says, that's mine. Put it back. Do not ask me. I said, I'm really interested why you have raw eggs under the bed. She said, okay, I'll tell you. She said, when you started preaching 50 years ago, if you ever preached a bad sermon, I would put an egg in this box. And I said, "Honey, there's only three eggs in there." She says, "I know it." I said, "I've been preaching fifty years. There are only three eggs." She says, "I know it." I said, "Now, what are all these one-dollar bills?" She said, "Well, every time I got a dozen, I'd sell them." <laughs> I like that story. <laughs> Is Terry here tonight? Is Terry? Terry? Terry doesn't come when I'm here. I don't know why. But Terry invited me to come. He said he wanted to talk about Jesus, talk about the prophecy that, of Jesus. And then he changed mine, or I changed mine, and we're talking about Jesus, the good shepherd. So tonight, Jesus, the good shepherd. It's kind of scary, though, when the guy that invites you to speak never shows up. I guess so. If I lay an egg, then you'll know uh, it was his fault. So tonight, Jesus, the good shepherd. In the Gospel of John, there are seven I Am's. In John chapter 6, is that doing right? Nope. Oh, come on. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. The second I am is in John chapter 8 verse 12. I am the light of the world. You know in Matthew 5 he says a city is set on a hill. You know that statement. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but he'll walk in the light of life. In John chapter 10 and verse 9. Be turning to John by the way if you would. John chapter 10 is where we're going to spend our time tonight. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He who comes in and out and will find pastor. In John chapter 10, that's where we're going to spend most of our time tonight. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, shall live. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In John 14, in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And the seventh, I am, is in John 15 and verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the what class? Branches. If a man abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And from me you can do nothing. But it's John chapter 10 I want to spend attention to tonight. Verse 11. Have you got your Bibles? How many got, let's do a Bible check. Got your Bible. Hold them up. All right. How many have got red Bibles? Hold your red Bible up. R-E-A-D Red Bible Okay John 10 11 Jesus the Good Shepherd Are they changing those for me? Oh no they're not Okay I don't think it's working guys Oops there it was Okay I'm not a a powerpoint guy to start with i just knew better than do that verily verily i say unto you look at john chapter 10 verse 1 verily verily anytime you find jesus saying verily verily what does that mean pay close attention this is important any time in the Bible you find Jesus saying, Verily, verily, you need to pay close attention to what he has to say. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door and the sheep foe, but climbeth up in some other way, the same is a robber. He that entereth in the door, and the shepherd of the sheep, to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they'll not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. In this parable, Jesus says, He is the Good Shepherd. And we know that. I mean, we we know the 23rd Psalm. We know that Jesus is a good shepherd. We know that shepherding has an idea in eldership about shepherding the flock. We know all about that. We need to understand, though, the practice of shepherding in the East. Different flocks of sheep at night would be put into one pen or one foe, they called it. So I'd bring my sheep, and Billy bring his sheep, and others bring their sheep, and we put them all in this one place to watch over them for protection. And there'd be one door. And the one door would be to enter the, the sheepfold and to leave the sheepfold. Jesus is the good shepherd. The porter opens a door for him, he comes in, he calls his sheep by name, and the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and they follow him. There can be many flocks, though, into one foal, but only the sheep that belong to the shepherd that calls their name will they follow out of the foal. Notice he calls them by name. I kind of like that most of us like to hear our name called years and years ago when i was about 8 or 9 maybe 7 i don't know somewhere in there our house that we lived in was a one field from my grandparents house you could see the grandparents house the field was cut but it was always dark and it was always black and and during the day, I had no problem leaving our house and going down to my grandparents' house or coming back. But when it got dark at night, when daddy would call me and say, want you to come home, it's supper time. I'd say, would you come get me? And sometimes they would. This one night, though, I asked Daddy when he called, would you come get me? He said, no, just come on. I said, Daddy, that's a big field. It's dark out there, and I'm scared. He said, I'll turn the porch light on. I said, that's not good enough. It doesn't come all the way down here. I'll go on the end of the porch. I said, Daddy, if you'll go on the end of the porch and call my name. As long as I hear you call my name, I'll come to you. So Daddy stood on the end of the porch. I could barely see him, but I could see him. He called me Sammy. By the way, it's S-A-M-M-I-E. Isn't that a girl's name? Hello? I said, Daddy, that's a girl's name. He's always wanted a girl anyway. Okay. He called, Sammy, come home. And as long as he'd call that name, I came running. But when he stopped calling, I stopped running. As long as he'd call my name and tell me to come home, I would run to him. Now, why? Why would that make a difference? Because I knew in my heart of hearts, if anything happened to me, daddy would, he wouldn't run anymore, but he'd come to me and take care of me. Love hearing my name proclaimed. Jesus, the good shepherd, knows his sheep. Think about that. That Jesus knows your name. That's pretty awesome. Amen? I'll amen. Amen, Sam. Okay, thank you. That's pretty awesome. Of the millions of people... In the world today, I think there's about, what, six billion, seven billion now, going on seven. Jesus knows my name. He even knows the number of hairs on my head. Now, that's not a big deal for some of us. I won't call any names, I'll just point. But think about that. Why would he want to know the number of hairs on my head? He can know that. He knows my name and he knows the hairs of my head because Jesus is concerned about me, an individual. He knows me, and he knows you. Sometimes we get carried away with the bigness of God, and folks, God is big. Amen. Isn't that right? Do your head this way. I'll help this part too. God is big but also God knows about the minute things of life. Doesn't it say somewhere if a sparrow falls from the nest that God knows about that? You know how many sparrows there are in Montgomery County? (laughs) Millions of them. And God knows about one falling out of the nest? Well, if God knows a hair on my head and a number of of, uh, sparrows, surely he knows about us. Jesus knows you. And what that says is, he knows my troubles. He knows my heartaches. Isn't that wonderful? We could probably spend a good hour here going around saying, how are you tonight? And then let us each tell the problems we're going through right now. That might be a good therapy. But bless your heart folks. Jesus knows. About your problems. Now I know he wants to talk to him in prayer about it. But he knows our problems. And he is obviously the answer to those problems. The good shepherd then knows all the sheep by name. I couldn't tell you the difference in one. I've seen sheep and I don't know a sheep from a sheep. I couldn't tell the difference in one another that may be a little bit more wool on that one than the other one, maybe that way but shepherds knew the names of every sheep they had every one of them because they were concerned about them a good shepherd verse 4 goes before the sheep he leads them out and the sheep follow him because they They know his voice. They're never driven, never led. Or driven. They are led. They won't listen to a peculiar voice. Because they know his voice. Oh, how we need to know the voice of God tonight. Through his word. Daddy owned a drugstore. And it was back before McDonald's was even thought of. It was back when a cup of coffee was a nickel and I Di- uh, didn't have Diet coast but Coca-Cola was a nickel. So back in the day. And the men, they didn't have jacks to go to over here. So they went to the drugstore in the mornings to drink coffee and discuss the world's affairs. You, are you following what I'm saying? You know people like that today. And they would sit down these table or two of men and they would drink their coffee and back then smoke their cigarettes. But they would discuss the world's problems and what the answers for the world's problems. And often they would talk po- politics. Can you imagine that? A bunch of men talking politics. And as the conversation went on, someone would say something like, well in the Bible I think it says so and so and so and so. And so. And without a doubt, someone say, well, I don't believe that. Well, where is that found? No one would have a Bible, and so they would turn to my daddy, who would be working the soda fountain, Mr. Carl. That was his name. That's why they called him that. Mr. Carl. Where in the Bible does it say this and this and this? And usually, with few exceptions... Daddy could quote the verse and tell them where it was found. He was the walking Bible for them. And they trusted him enough and he's said the right answer is enough that they didn't look it up. They said, okay, that's good enough for us. I don't know if we know the book like that anymore, folks. I go to a lot of churches, sit in a lot of Bible classes, and... How can I say this? I am shocked at our Bible ignorance. Can I say that? It may not be here at Dalredo, but other churches, you know, other places. If the only Bible you get is here on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning Bible class or a Sunday night or Sunday morning sermon or maybe a vacation Bible school and a gospel meeting, if that's all you get in God's Word, let me tell you something tonight. You're going to be ignorant of some things that God wants you to know. Is that that okay to say that? Amen? You've got to spend some time hearing the voice of God. From his word. Let him talk to you. Read it. Study it. Obviously, obey it. No wonder we have religious groups with women priests leading them are practicing homosexuals as their spiritual leaders if they read the book that wouldn't happen I'm reminded of 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 they're dedicating the temple and there's a, the temple dedication and there's a prayer in, in chapter 7 of Solomon and then God speaks If my people who are called by my name will seek my face, turn their evil ways and repent, see if I'll not heal them and their land. I'm guessing America needs that tonight. What do you think? If we would just seek the face of God, turn away from the evil and turn to God, Tonight would be a better place. Let me tell you something. That starts with you and me. Right? So not if, if thou Ray. No, Sam, if you will do the right thing. If you will seek his face through his word. If you will repent of your sins. Then God can indeed heal a nation. So. I don't know what we are up there okay well you're way ahead of me okay the parable one and then there's parable number two it starts in verse number 10 uh, chapter uh, verse 7 of chapter 10 then Jesus said unto them verily verily there it is again What's what's that mean pay close hello am I the only one here close attention okay I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, first he said to the good shepherd, now I'm the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them, came before Jesus. I am the door, verse nine. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not to kill and to steal, destroy. Verse 10. I've come, you may have life, and have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd, verse 11. The good shepherd giveth life for his sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, who's own the sheep are not. Seeth the wolf cometh, and leads the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catches them, and catches the sheep. The hireling flees, verse 13, because he's a hireling. He cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says, and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I also know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not this fold. them I must bring. They may hear my voice and shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again? No man take it from me, I lay it down to myself. How power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This commandment have I received from my father. This parable shows the care and protection that sheep need. Jesus himself is the door of the fold. this time. We enter into the foe by entering into through Christ. The only way into the foe is through Christ. We call that obedience. It tells us to believe in him. In fact, I've, somewhere in Hebrews chapter 11, I believe if I'm not wrong, it says it's impossible to please God. We don't have faith. You can't please God. It's not just a sinning that there is a, a, a God because the devils believe and tremble, James 2 says. So it's, more, it's, a, it's a much more powerful faith than that. It's a faith that would lead me to obedience to his will, to repent of my sins. That military term, we're marching one direction and I stop and turn and then march the other. It's a change of direction, a change of heart, a change of mind. It's confessing Christ. And by the way, confessing is not a one-time deal. You and I need to be about confessing Christ every day of our lives. People should see Jesus living in us as we confess him through what we say and what we do and who we are. It's being baptized into Christ. And you've heard all of that before. Romans 6 gives a beautiful picture of Jesus on the cross. Dying for our sins. Being buried and rising again. We died of sin. We're buried in a watery grave as Christ was buried in the tomb. And rise in a new life as Christ rose the third day. Death, burial, resurrection. And every time we see someone come and make the good confession and is baptized, we see the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus portrayed one more time in their lives. And so to enter the sheepfold, we have to be obedient to what Jesus has to say. Verse 8, all that came before Jesus were thieves and robbers. All that came before Jesus claiming to be the Christ were thieves and robbers, he says. False teachers. They did not come through the door, but tried to come in some other way. I don't know if there's a slide that shows it, but yes, it is. Good job. (laughs) You see the shepherd in the middle of the door? Across the door? That's where he sleeps. And he always sleeps facing the sheep, not facing out. He always sleeps face the sheep. That's the only door there is. And so if a wolf wants to attack the sheep, it's, he's got to go through the shepherd. Because that's the only way in and the only way out. Verse 9 again, I am the door. By me if any man enters, he shall be saved. He shall go in and out and find pasture. What's the work of a shepherd? Well, there are several things. One is protection. He's to watch over the flock. Remember David? Caring for his flock. Number two, he is provide the food and nourishment that the sheep need. He's to find the pasture land. And so they would go from one pasture to another and sometimes they go back to the first pasture but it was his job to plot out where they would be eating the next day and where the, the water would be. The steel water because sheep don't like to drink from a babbling brook. They like to drink from still water. The brook babbling scares them. He would find the food he would find the water. He would be there for protection. And then the shepherd is always to be there for care and concern for the sheep. When they would come in at night, the shepherd would stand at the door and each, each sheep that would come through, call his name and check him out sometimes they'd lay their rod across him and, and check that sheep out to be sure there was nothing hurting that he was okay you know what cast ever heard of cast sheep C-A-S-T I didn't know this somebody had mentioned to me told me to look at the video and I did And cast sheep are when sheep turn upside down they get on their back you know how a sheep turns over and he gets on his back? Big wool and things and all that? He doesn't. Unless somebody comes and turns him over, the shepherd, he'll die like that with his feet up. He cannot right himself up. It's called a cast sheep. They need the shepherd. Sheep aren't very smart. They need the shepherd. Sheep sometimes go astray. Luke chapter 15. Not meaning to. I've never heard anybody be attacked by sheep. Mad sheep going around. (laughs) Don't let them bite you. They don't bite. They're docile. They're not thinking. And Jesus says, I'm going to use that to describe my people. We're the sheep. And you even know of people that have just kind of walked off. Not really bad, not not, quote sinners, but just left the safety of the foe wonder what happened well they're sheep and sheep have a tendency just to walk off and to graze somewhere else don't mean to don't mean to be lost but they're lost I was in Daytona Florida I think I was 10 years old if I remember correctly my dad and mom were there um, my uh, mother's uh, sister was there and her husband and their children which were older than I am, my brother was there I only have one brother, had one brother and he uh, older than I am and he was there and we were all in Daytona and they had a car and mom and dad had a car and so I was at a drugstore sitting at a little round table drinking a Coca-Cola and uh, I got up to go look at toys because they had toys in this drugstore. So I went around the gondola and looked at the toys. Well, I guess right after I got up, my brother and his cousin came in and they began to talk to mom and dad and uh, where they're going to go and what they're going to do and you know got permission. And then they left. And then... Uh, Mom and dad left thinking that I had gone with them. And I was in this drugstore in Daytona Beach, Florida. Eight, nine years, ten years old by myself. Mama promised me that they didn't mean to leave me there. She promised me that. I'm still not real sure. But when I came around that uh, gondola and looked over there at the clean table where they'd been sitting... Uh I, I panicked. And I thought, well, they've all gone to the bathroom. So I went in the men's room and nobody in there, and I came out, and by now I am boo-hooing. I mean big time. Big crocodile tears. And the waitress comes out and says, What is wrong, son? What? <laughs> Where are you from? I said, McEwen. Where is that? What's your mama's name? Mama. <laughs> What's your daddy's name? Daddy. I said, I know the name of my brother. What's his name? Doc. So they said well obviously they have left juice here. And she tried to calm me down. Tried to give me a piece of pie. I remember that. And I, okay I ate the pie. I did do that. But I was there. I, I, I don't know maybe 10 hours. No. Well, maybe an hour. And they were about ready to call the police and you know tell them I've been abandoned and you know try to And I was standing in the window, near the window and I could see out the road and there was a four lane traffic there, you know, two, one, two way. And I saw my daddy's car and I took out after it. He was on the other side. He was coming, he said to get me. I think he felt bad about leaving me there. And they had figured out that I was missing and they weren't with my brother so they came and got me. And I remember grabbing my daddy around his leg I mean, I had a bear hug on his leg and would not turn loose. And so he tried to go back to the car, you know, dragging me back. Uh, I didn't turn loose for about two weeks. No, I, I did finally turn loose, but scared me to death. What I'm saying is, I did not mean to drift off. I did not mean to be lost. And for a while, I didn't even know I was lost. And there are people that you and I know that have done that very same thing when it comes to God. Just drifted off. Just didn't show up Sunday morning. Then Sunday night, usually Sunday night first. And then a month later, well, you know, you know so-and-so. Have you seen them? Hadn't seen them for a long time. Wonder what happened to him. That's just too bad. Shepherds go after their sheep. Didn't he give a whole parable about that in Luke 15? Wasn't there a parable about 99, and he left the 99, I assume, in the fold, in the safety, and went after the one sheep? And searched and looked for it until he found it. And when he found it, he brought it back. You know what happened when he brought it back? Didn't it say something about angels getting involved in that? You know, it's amazing to me that we could do something here tonight that would affect heaven. Did you know over one sinner that repenteth, the Bible says, even the what in heaven? What are they? Angels rejoice over one sinner that repenteth. I guess God is concerned about me. I guess truly that God cares about me. Verse 10 warns us that false Christs come in they're selfish they will kill and they will destroy us every time what shame and pity to give our life to find out in God's service that we quit what about people that have given their life in religious service and find out that religion that they've given their life to is not the right religion of God. I call your attention to the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus, who set out as a mission to, to make havoc of the church of God. Was he on his way to Damascus to find any of the way to bring them back for trial and maybe for execution? When God struck him down, a bright light. Told him what he must do. Go in the city. Be told you what you to do. And yet Saul, Paul, later wrote, I have lived in all good, what's the word? Conscience before God. I thought it was the right thing to do. Well, wouldn't it be a shame to give your life in a service Thinking it was to God and find out that's not really God. That's something else. That's not what he wants. Go back to listen to the voice of God again to his word to find out what he really wants from me. I love verse 10 of chapter 10. I came that you may have, what's the word? Life and have it how? More abundantly. The abundant life. What do people do outside of Christ when they have trouble? Where do people turn when they they bury, as we did this morning or this afternoon, a loved one outside of Christ? Turn to your money, your material things, your friends. It's hard enough in Christ, let alone not having Christ at all in our life. I've come to give you life. Oh yeah, eternal life. No, no, no. Life now. I've come to give you the eternal life now. Well, one day be eternal life, but I'll give you the great life now. Verse 10 is a good verse. Jesus the good shepherd came from heaven to earth to give us life for you and me which caused him death. Can you go in your mind just for a minute back to the cross? You see Jesus in the middle and there are two um, malefactors on either side, two thieves on either side of him. He's in the middle. I always see that cross a little taller for some reason. One of them says, if you're the son of God, save yourself and save us. The other says, you shouldn't talk that way. We're getting what we deserve. This man has done nothing to deserve this. And he asked Jesus, when you come to your kingdom, will you what, class? Remember me. And Jesus says, this day, you will be with me in paradise. On the cross, he said, I thirst. And they'd give him vinegar to drink. He drank none. He saw his mama And John, he said, John, behold your son. Son, behold your your mother. Take care of mama, in other words. The Bible says he cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabothani, which is to say, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? I'm one reason he forsook me. And you are too. That God the Father would allow God the Son to die, to be forsaken, because he loves us. That's the kind of love a shepherd is to have for his sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep, that I might take it again. I'm the good shepherd I know my own verse 14 and my own know me put that next slide up there I believe that's the one I want yes let's say it together would you you know this psalm the 23rd psalm I want everyone if you would let's recite it the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't you just love that? I just love that psalm. When I buried my daddy, I read that. When I buried my mama, I read that. When I buried my brother, I read that. Because the Lord wants to be our shepherd. He will lead us where we need to go, to feed us, to water us. He will give us protection. He'll watch over us. And our cup is not just full, it's running over. And yes, there's a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. But I'm not worried. Because the Lord is my shepherd. I'll give you two assignments if you want to look these up. One, if you'll get on the internet and look up the CAST, C-A-S-T sheep, there is a beautiful uh, video about CAST sheep and how they've got to be helped to be able to turn it over. And then there is a BASQUE, Basque Sheep or shepherd it's the 23rd Psalm from the view of a real shepherd that was interviewed it was in the Reader's Digest uh, back in 1949 they reprinted it in 1980 it is a beautiful beautiful piece of work and I recommend those to you as well I hope tonight the Lord is your shepherd this bow Holy Father, what a glorious honor to even call you Father. Knowing of our weaknesses, of our sinful ways and thoughts, and yet you love us. Love us as true sheep of yours. Thank you, Father, for every blessing. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his life, for his death at Calvary and the hope that we have in him. Bless each of us tonight, Father, to know that you are truly our shepherd, that you care for us, that your son gave his life, that we might have life. And help us, O Lord, to share that with all those we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, and amen.